You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rota Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening is, uh, first of all, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, from the Pillow Palace itself, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood, everybody. Vaxed, waxed, and ready to party. <laughs> You're looking good, man. You're all dressed up for the show. You got on a nice shirt, haircut. I, I don't know what's going on. Haircut. It's a tar- it's shirt from Target, man. Take a relax. I just make it look good. Maybe you're dressed up because we have a big announcement. We officially have a new Joe joining us. It's Jake Patterson at Takes with Jake on Twitter. Jake, welcome back. Welcome to the Joes. It's official, man. Thank you. Thank you. Quick introduction. Not as not as extravagant as Will's, but I'm sure it'll get there. He's still yeah, ready to party. Jake, on the other hand, is is um is wearing a baseball cap and a hoodie. So yeah, um, I have to dress better for the for a podcast. Apparently, what am I thinking? No, I'll probably <laughs> I'll go tank top here pretty soon. I'll bring it down. I'm about to take my shirt off, man. I'm so excited. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> let's uh, guys. There's so much to talk about. Let's just jump right into it. We did a great Patreon show. You can check that out. Patreon.com/slash/fantasyjoes if you're not already a member. Because I think we're gonna kick the Patreon up a couple notches. We'll we'll make some announcements soon. Um, but we had a great discussion just about everything that's going on. We got trades, we got rookie drafts, we got rookie auctions going on, so much. And one of the piddle figures in all of these things is this guy, Kyle Pitts. And that brings us guys to the tweet of the week. This is something that John Bosch tweeted out. I think you all know John Bosch and follow him. If not, at John Bosch FF. Uh, he, he's, he's great and fantastic commissioner. And he tweeted, while I have Fields and Lance ranked above Pitts and Superflex, I ran into a situation I hadn't discussed yet. I was live at the 102. I also have the 107. I do not believe Pitts would have been would be there at the 107. Fields and Lance wouldn't be either, but there is like a QB option there. So he went on to say why his ranks might say take Fields or Lance. And we're starting to see that, I guys, in a lot of drafts. Pitts will go early. People have multiple first-round picks. I mean, Pitts is the unicorn, right? He is the, uh, you know, Jake, you, you talked about him last week on the show, how much you loved him. Well, you're a big fan. Everyone's a big fan of Kyle Pitts and what he could be. So guys, what, what do you think about this tweet? Are you seeing that in your leagues? Does this, is this something we have to consider when we're in our rookie drafts? If you want to try to get Pitts, that you might have to take him earlier than, than you would ever consider because there's one tight end one in this class that could be this, transcendent tight end but there are several qb options so starting off my only two drafts that i've done so far this rookie season uh one kyle pitts went third off the board i'm, I'm saying it's third because this is a one qb league but there was a an owner that made a mistake uh thinking it was super flex so took trevor lawrence before kyle pitts uh, but i assume that they would take pitts so it went Najee harris jamar chase pitts and then travis etienne uh so we are seeing pitts move up into that range I think in one QB, it's, it's a hotly debated topic about whether or not he should be the number one overall pick. And I kind of, I don't know, I kind of think he should be based on, based on if you're just going to do it in a vacuum. I think Kyle Pitts might be the best prospect coming out of this draft. Uh, in the, it was a two QB and two, or a super flex two tight end league. Uh, it went Trevor Lawrence, then Kyle Pitts, which I actually, it's hard. It's hard. I struggle with this a lot. And I haven't exactly figured out my stance on it. If I were in that situation, would I take, 
Lawrence over Pitts. I do, I because I think Lawrence is just extremely special at the quarterback position. So, but I would go, it'd be Lawrence and Pitts are one-two. Uh, in, in John Bosch's situation with that 102, I would go Pitts and then I would just take, I bet you could move down from that 107 later on. And, and like, I would try to move back as far as to where I think I could get Mac Jones. He talked about how he's has, he has Tua and Hurts, so he felt comfy at QB2. I should have added that context. So, And the other thing, Jake, you know, if you, if you look into the future, I don't think we're seeing a Kyle Pitts in the college ranks the next couple of years, but there are quarterbacks even in this class and beyond, you know, the Spencer Rattlers of the world and, and those kind, kinds of guys. So, you know, we see quarterbacks every year we get excited about, but we don't see tight ends like this come along very often. No, Kyle Pitts is special. Like, I don't know how many times I can repeat myself. I think the <laughs> the tough part with the, what John Bosch has said here is the 107. It's it's a pretty far jump. Um, I think the difference is he doesn't need QB. And if you're in a position where you need QB and you're jumping away from that tier Lance of Lance Fields and Lawrence, that's, I don't know if I trust Wilson and Mac as much, like that much. So if I was QB and needy and it, there's no tight end premium, I think I'm just going to say goodbye to Pitts and I'm going to take the QB that I need. And that's, that's tough for me to say as, cause you guys know how much I, I love Pitts. It's just, that's a far jump. And that at 107, I wouldn't be taking a QB there. Like Will said, I would be trading down further to get a Mac or Wilson. I wouldn't want to reach for him at them at 107. Yeah. I could also get on board with that as well uh, because having Tua and Hertz, that does not sound like a solid QB situation to me. I think after this season, sure. yeah, after this season, you could see both those guys fall dramatically. Uh, there's upside for sure. Great. Two great upside QBs, not two stable assets. We, we mentioned in the Patreon show that last year you guys did a, a year ahead ranking. So this year we'll be doing a 2022 ranking. Um, Hertz, I think, is going to be someone that is going to be all over the place. I might have him sneaky higher because if he does hit – in fantasy, he's going to be like amazing. He's going to be that Konami like cheat code, right? You need those guys in fantasy. So he has the potential that he's not even a QB next year, and he's got the potential that he's a top ten dynasty asset. Absolutely. To just go off the rails on a Jalen Hurts tangent. No, it's okay. <laughs> he's a fun guy to talk about because he is one of the big. Now that we're going to do winners and losers of the draft, but since he's mentioned here. You know, he to me is one of those big winners. Not that I thought that Philadelphia would take a, a quarterback, but just with the weapons that they have in Philadelphia, it's going to be fun because he's going to get an opportunity and we're going to get to see for a full season what he can do. So he, he could either boom or he, he could bust. I, I could see it going either way. I don't think there's going to be an in between. So it's going to be fun to see what happens with him. Yeah. Now that, gonna... sub, now that Subfield's off the team, they don't have everybody else to play. So very true. I'll bring us back to the John Bosch tweet. Um, I have a league where I have the 101 and the 104. So I'm not as far down type of thing. So I'm, this is a 2.0 PPR premium for tight ends. So I would say that there is a top four anyways in this class. You're going to have Pitts and the three QBs. So in my 101 spot, I can pick Lawrence and then take whoever falls to me. Could be Pitts, could be another QB. And right now I could use two QBs. It's a best ball league. And my other, the only other player I have is Tua, but I also could use tight ends. The only person I have is Irv Smith. I could take John Bosch's advice in this situation and take Pitts at one on one, And then whoever QB, whatever QB falls to me, because I don't see a massive difference within that tier. 
compared to if I was jumping to 107 or I'd have to get a Wilson or a Mac, that's too big of a jump for me. But in this case, where I'm still guaranteeing a top three QB from this class, I think I'm going 101 Pitts, and Trey's going to have his pick of the QBs at 102. Uh, and thinking about that, too, as we just briefly talked about it earlier, if you're, you're with that team, you're a year away, right? With, with competing, I, most likely. Um, it's funny. I was actually, I finished last last year, but I'm going for it this year. Okay. Even though those are, I'm pretty well stocked up in wide receiver and running back. So I, I would maybe take Trevor Lawrence then and see if I can get Pitts to slip to the 104 with the other three quarterbacks. That's the thing. If you were a year away, that I because Trey Lance is probably going to be that 104 pick then, right? And if you're yeah, a year away, might not be yeah, playing. So, yeah, there's a risk there. Yeah, because if Kyle Pitts still hits, I don't know if he's going to be a significant difference maker in his rookie season, but he's going to accrue value. That's where I come from on the dynasty take on it. Where if he puts up, you know, 900 yards and 10 touchdowns, that's not a league winning tight end for you. I mean, it's great to have, but with the rest of the roster the way it's built it might not be an overall winner. Uh, so, and you can make moves. Obviously you're not set in stone. Your, your team doesn't start next week, but uh, just uh, just kind of food for thought as we go along here. Hey no, guys. A, go, go ahead. ahead Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying it's <laughs> the three person is not going to have ruin stuff. It's an excellent, it's, it's an excellent point. Like I, I, I'm not uh, settled at QB, like only having Tua and I have Taysom Hill. That's not the solution there. <laughs> Yeah, where tight end is still a spot where obviously there's a two premium, but I'm still only starting one. I have Irv Smith. It's it's not that important. It's just it's still just the tight end position where that extra QB who is starting this year could be more valuable to me. It's a, it's I'm it's gonna be a tough decision. The draft starts Saturday, I'm gonna be racking my head in a few days. <laughs> Unless it's 10 points per special teams tackle. I don't know if Taysom Hill is gonna be the answer. So it, yeah, four points per <laughs> touchdown with two negative two for interception. I don't think any of the top three QBs are big, high interception numbers. I could be wrong though. I've got a question for you guys, and, and so this is a, a a tight end premium league. So the the and one thing with tight end premium guys, it, it everyone has their own definitions of it. In this league, basically, it's it's one of those deals where. Uh, running backs get half point for reception wide receivers get a full point um and then um tight ends get like 1.5 so it's not like a real premium premium but a little bit of a premium right so my quarterback situation is interesting because i've got justin herbert i have deshaun watson and then andy dalton okay those are my my quarterbacks super flex league Uh, i have the 103 so if pitts is there what do I do? What would you guys do? Cause I, I don't have any tight ends to speak of. This is a rebuild. I've got some interesting younger wide receivers running backs, but what, what would you guys do in that situation? If you're not planning to compete this year, I think Pitts is an easy answer. Did you say you had QB or no? Uh, what, what's that Jake? Like what, what do you have a QB right now? So I've got Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson and Andy Dalton. And like some a couple of scrubs, like I can't. Ooh, you could stack. Are. You could do a little uh, Bears quarterback stack. Uh, well, yeah, I mean it's it's possible. Fields is there. It's, it's probably my guy. Even if I the fandom comes out of me because even if if Trey Lance is there, and I I think Trey Lance, like in my head, is the pick to take ahead of Justin Fields. I'm going to take Fields anyway because I you know I'm a Bears homer, so um, I won't be able to get enough of that guy. 
and I've got, I've got Lance from some of my, my Debbie teams. So it's not like I'm going to be missing out on Lance. Um, yeah. So Jake, you feel the same way in that scenario? Yeah. I feel like you're in a can't miss scenario. Like you're, you're in the best position you could be. I feel like you could close your eyes and click the button. Well, be, <laughs> as long as there's only the two options there. Yeah. Cause that's, I, I do think that you never can have enough um, depth at quarterback in a super flex league. Cause as soon as you think you you've got it set, something happens. It's, it seems to me, I don't know. That's just a, this, this might be a long shot, but if you could trade down one spot, I would do it. I was in a league where in a two, t- two tight end league where uh, Peter, who who's in our group chats that we, uh, we talked to a lot. He was, he told me that he was picking pits one oh one, and he was able to trade down to one Oh two. Cause he knew that he had a good guess that the other owner would have taken Trevor Lawrence one Oh one. And he was able to pick up 202 in the process. And if you can, 202 is going to be one of these stud wide receivers from this class. You can make a move like that. We're going to get the same guy you would have drafted anyways and still pick up an asset regardless of the, like you get a future second to go down one pick and you don't have to make the decision. I feel like that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's smart. I think that's smart because if, if it's one of those things that you're, it's like, Oh, cause I, 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 I do feel like there is something to be said that there's, um, you know, either way, whether I go fields there or pits, I, I think I'm going to be happy, but you're right. There are other, other options and maybe you, you need that other owner to really have a favorite person, a favorite pick there. Right. And so it's oh, probably going to sure. be a long shot, but it never hurts to ask. Oh, and I'm that sucker year over year, unfortunately, with how much <laughs> we've done of this. If I got a guy, I'll move up. I'll move up that draft capital. Get him. Is, is Ryan Pace in my league? Um, hopefully yeah, he is. Trubisky. No, we need, we need Bill O'Brien back. <laughs> yeah. Do we? No. He's not coming back. Not in that capacity anyway. Um, guys, why don't we transition? Because we got a uh, super flex tight end premium fantasy Joe's post NFL draft mock draft to do. So, we, we fired this up the other day. So we're recording this on Thursday night. I think we started on Tuesday, the, the Tuesday after the NFL draft. And um, we, we just wanted to, what, what's, what's a good way to talk about this rookie class while everyone loves a mock. And I know you, you listeners, you've probably heard about 50 of these so far and you've done a lot of drafts, but here's another one. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a vehicle for us to talk about how we value these guys. And we've gone deep. We're what are we four rounds four, in guys? Four rounds in. Yeah, so we'll maybe go quickly through the first couple of rounds and we'll maybe spend a little bit of time in the third, fourth rounds to talk about some. We're not going to get to Trey McKitty, Ryan's horrible pick at the 410. <laughs> is it? Is it horrible in a tight end premium? No, no, it probably is. And there was another sleeper tight end I liked that I probably should have taken there. So, um, okay, so you guys ready to get into this? Uh, Facey Joe's super exciting premium rookie mock draft. I really hadn't digested the first pick in this draft. So yeah. The the tweet was a good segue into it. The one oh one, I'm not sure who this owner is because they went they go by fantasy clinic one. So not two, not three. One. It's Kyle Pitts, everybody. You're, it is a tight end premium. We did not define the premium, gentlemen, and that was maybe a mistake. Do, are we going this? Yeah, whatever. 1.5. Should we put it really high to justify the pick? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, five points per reception. <laughs> what a great pick. Um, points well, per route run. We'll say, we'll say 1. 1. 1.5 or two points maximum. I, mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Let's go, let's go two. I, I also, but I also think it, uh, I, we just talked about this. I don't. I think the Kyle Pitts pick is justifiable. 
I don't think I would do it though. I'm too too big of a Trevor Lawrence fan. I thought it was a reach, but immediately after it, the pick, the 102 was disappointed that Pitts did not fall to them. So hey, what do I know? <laughs> but well, I'm I'm with you, and and that's the thing, Jake. I, I with. And but Jake, you have Trevor Lawrence over Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, all like everything else being equal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If there's no tight end premium, I do. Yeah. Or even yeah. this one one point five. Yeah, because this is in a vacuum. So yeah. because the, that's the thing with Trevor Lawrence, he's like not that he's not a can't miss prospect, but like there's I don't I just don't see a lot of you know um, red flags in his profile where I I, I just think it's going to translate and I think he's going to be really solid I don't know that he's ever going to be this elite you know uh, QB1 overall but I feel pretty confident that he is you know has a great chance to be like this top 12 QB year over year so I, I think it's hard to pass on a guy like Trevor Lawrence because he's just so solid in a such an important position um so, but I think yeah. this is representative because you're going to see this at some point. If you're in enough dynasty leagues and super flex leagues, you're going to see Kyle Pitts go one-on-one at some point. So at least prepares us for, I feel like, kind of the inevitable where somebody will be higher on Kyle Pitts than you are. And Jake, I know that might be hard to digest, but somebody's going to be. And uh, I think I mentioned in the Patreon show that if he was a wide receiver, I think he'd like be a top five wide receiver for me right now. So, yeah. So, Ryan, let's move, let's move right along here. So Trevor Lawrence um 102 no he's peasy yeah i don't know we need probably we just talked about him so let's move on to the 103 which is also interesting this is wifeless tylor um <laughs> who, who, maybe i got it right this time they say it right jake well he says the best there's I a think saga it like tyler but it's got an o instead of an e for sure well it's actually tyler in real life he said in our group chat and tyler's a really funny guy and if you're not a part of our fantasy fantasy addicts group chat uh find us on group me and get a part of it one it's been going on for we're we're looking at like four years now that Tyler Tyler has this continually like life cycle where he's being left by by people over and over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's wife, friend, dog, everything. And I don't know. It just lasted for so long. It's uh, to me, it's one of the, the it's just stuck with it. It's been just hilarious over time. So he can make no wrong picks, right? Agreed. It's one of those jokes that gets funnier the more it's said. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does get funnier. Yeah. Um, so so Najee Harris is your your 103. It, it's it's bold and interesting. That's um, over Lansing Fields, which I think's gotta be a reach, but yeah, I'm just trying to think in a scenario where, you know, let, let's say you're just loaded. Cause it, you know, I think all of us have some superflex teams where we're just loaded at QB and you know, maybe you need the running back, but I think in that situation you just gotta you got to, you know, deal, trade back. And, you know, even if the guy that you really want isn't there, you're going to get a good running back in the you know, top seven. I think, uh, but in a vacuum, another good example, because Najee will go, will go here in some of your rookie drafts. So a representative example, I, I think what's being criminally underrated is the Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence combo that both went to the Jaguars. And that's why after last week, I talked about Najee's volume and I, I just can't resist it. And I went with that. I'm now back Etienne over Najee. I think uh, it's close. It's it's razor thin. But well, uh, shower narrative. I would still go. I mean, this is like a lifetime shower narrative, though. Like Etienne stayed in college another year to, to stay with Trevor Lawrence. They have so much rapport built up. And that matters to a rookie quarterback coming into a new team. And the fact that now we get first round draft capital. Capital. Uh, capital. Ca- capital. 
and that Travis Etienne on his, on his own was a great prospect. I am all aboard the Etienne hype train. But again, I, I won't blame anybody if they did Johnson first. But I would still go for I'd go three QBs over the running backs. Well, I don't know if anyone told you this, but Trevor Lawrence won his fantasy football championship last year because of James Robinson. <laughs> I, I doubt that. <laughs> and but I, he's I, the one that told he's the one that told the Jaguars to draft Etienne. I can only assume that it was that kind of Pat Mahomes situation. And we all see yeah. how we all saw how that worked out super well, but they didn't play together in college. It's definitely a shower narrative. I'm not saying it is like wrong by any means. Um, I, you see Najee go before ETN in most rookie drafts I've been a part of. And that's, that doesn't mean it's right by any means. Um, but you might be in a position that if you want ETN, that he's going to fall to you. I've seen him go like as late as the one. I got him as, at 108 in this mock to skip ahead a little bit, which is kind of a steal if Najee's going at 103. I'm willing to bet a grab bag of shame. Uh, Jake, this is an old narrative as well because we're resurging these things. It's basically we're going to have these like little paper bags that are full of just the worst single shots that you can possibly think of. I'm willing to bet a grab bag of shame that Etienne outscores Harris in full PPR in 2021 if anybody's in. Oh, I'll take the bet. I'm in. All right. Put it on the board. Crickets for me. <laughs> that that's the the one thing though that i i think about i i think at least this upcoming year i mean long term i i'm, I'm with you will i think it's a, totally a toss-up with these guys i like them both a lot it's hard for me to determine which one to take but at the end of the day harris has you know they both have the same first round draft capital but i i think they, pittsburgh has to rely on harris being the guy i think he's going to get the volume and get the touches and i i just think that um why well, is going to be a good weapon. I think Harris is going to be a bigger fantasy producer. And I, thus I think his value will be higher a year from now. So, um, and, and I, and, you know, I like Harris a lot. I know he's not the fastest guy in the world, but I think he's got an incredible vision and he's just a, just a beast. And I, and I think that offensive line is going to be good enough in Pittsburgh. So, um, but they're both great. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to really argue too strongly to take Harris over ETN because they're, they're pretty close for me too. So. Mm-hmm. okay let's move on let's move on okay 104 uh dave Kaz 80 took trey lance any, any i don't know if we need to talk about no, that too dude, much great dude i think you could i think you could make a point for justin fields more immediate starting opportunity at this exact moment in time uh but i like it i, I just got nothing else like this is pretty I've, I've given my piece for these first like five yeah i, I, I mean so. No, Jake, go ahead. I There's think the dynasty community has uh, started to lean Lance as the 102 in Superflex drafts ahead of Fields. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of seeing it kind of 50-50 right now. I mean, it depends yeah. on who you look at, right? Uh, I'm not as up to that as, as some some people. I know that DLF, um, Ryan McDowell tweeted the other day, they've got a like, uh, real-time tool. You can look at ADP. I know Jordan McNamara, a friend of the show, analytics of dynasty he has a tool that you can subscribe to and shows real-time adp so there are the tools out there um but um yeah any other any thoughts on lance here jake that we haven't already talked about um no not really um yeah i, I honestly again if i'm in this position i don't want to have to be the person choosing between the two i think it's too tough of a choice i'm happy to be the person who has one of them fall to me Oh, Fields or Lance? Yeah, yeah. And I want one of these guys. In one of my leagues, I traded up from 106 
to the 103 to guarantee myself one of these quarterbacks because I think they're I think there's a just a really big gap between these three and the other two just simply because of the Konami factor. Agreed. Um, I traded my 2022 second and a, and the 301 to hop hop up from the 106 to 103 and I would do it again. And they they probably like that move too. If they are if they're set a, if they are set a quarterback, yeah, exactly. they, they're yeah. looking at the other positions. It's just a win win move. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know if you're in a league with Ryan, good luck with that pick because he's taking Justin Fields all day, every day. That Bears homerdom is coming out. Uh, I almost hit, like I almost think I would take Justin Fields just because in the NFC North, I'm gonna have to see him play all the time anyway. Uh, with Minnesota, and there is that uh, enjoyment narrative. I don't mind that because I think Trey Lance and Justin Fields are pretty close. Uh, in, in my dynasty values. So I'll tip it like, and closer than Najee and Etienne. So I, I will, uh, I'll tip it in the favor for fields at this point in time. Um, but yeah, again, can't go wrong. But let's remember a couple of things. I'm going to, I'm going to actually do the trail defend Ray Lance here as a clear choice over fields, which is hard for me because in my heart, it's fields. Trey Lance, Helen Bond? Trey Lance is a top, 10 top top three uh nfl draft capital fields is outside the top 10 if you look at hit rates there's a there's a big difference between guys drafted that early versus the guys outside of the top 10 right that's just a fact um we can talk about the reasons that might have happened to fields but and and trey lance even though he doesn't have the experience i just think we we know he's going to be with a great coach we know he's going to be with kyle shanahan and with matt nagy i i don't think we're really sure like i want to be optimistic and think that justin fields he's got like a John DiFilippo there, the, the quarterback guru, another nice piece of surrounding him in that, in that QB room that can develop him. He kicked him out of Minnesota. I, 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 just think, I just think that Trey Lance, just there, there's, it's such a good situation. He he's, has a lot of untapped potential, I feel. I think he's definitely going to use his legs and use it and like that comedy. Oh, yeah. With Fields, not, I don't know if it'll happen as much because he's really a pocket passer. So I, I think at the end of the day, which I, which I like about him. But what I think... Lance, it's going to be, um, you know, here are a couple options for you. If there's nothing there, take off, you know, and run and, and get some yards. So I, I don't know. I, I just think, I, I think it's, I mean, I think they're in the same tier, but for me, I clearly have a preference within my head, Lance over Fields. But you're going to be picking Fields over Lance every draft you have. I, I don't know. It d- probably depends. If it depends, you know, for me, I, and my, right, Jake, please, you no, can I gotta defend something. this real time. You're taking, no, no, I want to say something here. Cause I have a philosophy in dynasty. I like a little bit of diversification too. So I have a later draft and I have, let's say uh, fields and a third of my leagues and I have very little Lance and I might go Lance because I, I do like to diversify when I have guys that closely tiered because I want to acknowledge, I want to build that into my decision-making process that, I, I'm wrong a lot of the time. So I want to hedge my bets a little bit. So where other people just go all in on a player and, and that's fine. If, and that works for a lot of people, but I like to hedge my bets a little bit. So, well, I like to go all in at later draft picks, you know? Yeah, that's uh, fine. I, I try not to be all in into early ones that it definitely has a much more significant impact on your, your dynasty teams. Like my all in with Quadri Olsen is my last pick in the draft guys. It hasn't really worked out. Yeah. You got maybe maybe one start and it didn't work out in that start. It was right? a bad start though. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, all right, should anyway. we? So the yeah. one hundred five, Steve. I think it's Steve, right? Yeah, uh, Steve, great guy. Yeah, took okay, Justin Steve. Justin Fields. Um, you know, solid pick. Getting Fields at the one hundred five. I think we all be thrilled. Um, and then Ron Hall, uh, great commissioner. 
um, it, it, league mate took uh, Chase at uh, at the the 106, which I think is is fantastic. So, any thoughts about Chase at the 106, guys? Going Etienne over Chase, but that's we don't need to dive into that too far because I think Jamar Chase is a solid solid pick here, and I think at the 106 in your Superflex rookie drafts, you're pretty darn tootin' stoked to get the best wide receiver prospect in this class and just a, a great overall like receiver prospect in the history that you've played dynasty at the one Oh six in normal rookie classes. You would not get him here. Yeah. And Jake, like I told, I said on the Patreon show, you know, I I'm kind of team running back. So I always like to take the running backs over the wide receivers. So I would, I would tend to probably an ETN in this, this um, case, but I feel like I might regret it because I, I feel like, Chase is as as we talked about on the Patreon show could could be one of those elite wide receivers in this league and he could climb high up the dynasty rankings. So, uh, what do you think, Jake? It's I'm going to repeat myself from from last episode, but I think it's a fantastic pick. Um, I don't think there's you can definitely make the argument to go RB first. So I think it's fair that Chase could fall to the 106 like he did or the 107 range if UTN goes ahead of him. And I said it last episode, if he is falling in your drafts, you have to get him here. That is the cheapest he's go- ever going to be. Chase, if you can acquire Chase for your 106 mid-round, first-round pick, at the second that draft is over, you can probably, you can probably even on the clock, you're going to get more than a first value for that. Like, the CDM last year. I think if we were doing it, I have him as my wide receiver three. And I still think it's fair that he's going at 106. But you just have to you have to get get into the draft and get him. Get, yeah, I think it's now. Yeah, I think he's a better prospect than CD Lamb, and CD Lamb's going at wide receiver six right now in DLF uh, Superflex ADP. So, yeah. if you're looking at that kind of value occurring in, in year one, I mean, Jamar Chase is going at wide receiver twelve. But I, I I think in a vacuum right now, I would take Jamar Chase over CD Lamb. Yeah, one of my leagues, somebody traded Stefan Diggs for a one hundred six pick straight up and drafted Jamar Chase. And I think if you can pivot from an older like wide receiver to a stud prospect, I would take that risk. I don't yeah. even think it's a risk, but I would I would do it. Can yeah. we talk about this for a quick second? Where do you have Justin Jefferson compared to Jamar Chase right now? One spot beneath him. I think they're both like studs. Because I think, yeah, Je- I think Jefferson, so AJ Brown's my wide receiver one. I think Jefferson's wide receiver two right now for me. I think there is risk for Jefferson, like I think. Just, just uh, Juju setting a precedent of, hey, I can, I can get fourteen hundred yards and then I could not crack a thousand again, type of thing, or just barely. I, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen for him. But yeah, Jefferson was the alpha in that that offense, though. He was in the outside yeah. going against the better yeah. corners. I think he showed a lot more than what we had from Juju, which I'm sad that Juju hasn't repeated. It. He's he's fallen so far from grace because he's still I, talented, and I and he seems like a great dude. But uh, yeah, I I, to me, like. I was not high, Ryan, you know, this coming into the Justin Jefferson year. I think he showed everything you want in the alpha dog. Like Mm -hmm. I love, love Justin Jefferson now. And I've completely flip-flopped and just think that he is, uh, he's going to be a long time fantasy producer. So I would still take him over any of these rookies, but I don't, I, again, I don't blame you because Jamar was the alpha in the LSU offense. When Adam Thielen goes away, it's not like Antonio Brown leaving Pittsburgh, right? Absolutely. Not... <laughs> so, um, do you guys get the um, the FF newsletter? Um, are you signed up for it? So I see it on Reddit all the time. 
Yeah, shout out to at FF Newsletter on Twitter. This is a, a, a random fact I, I pulled from the latest newsletter. If you're not subscribed, check it out. Most receiving touchdowns of 20 plus yards in college football since 2019. Guess who it is? Rookie wide receiver with 14. 2020, most colleges didn't play. <laughs> I know, but it's still a fun stat. Oh, yeah, but let's go. Let's go. Quarterback passing touchdowns. Who's beating out Trey Lance? Get out of here. I said it in the Patreon show, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. That um, there isn't a hundred out of a hundred people last year would have said they'd pick Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson before Jefferson's rookie season. Oh yeah. As a prospect, being even younger than Jefferson, he was he was better. So. I don't think it's crazy to say that he's going to be better at the NFL level. And that's, that is not a slight at Jefferson at all. It's just, I think Jamar Chase is that dude. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the one Oh seven. Cause coming off the board is Zach attack. Zach Wilson. Zach. Zach Wilson. Shrimp Ahoy boy. That is the pick the, the, I'm not sure who that is, but um, so. That's Peter. Peter, so it, it's kind of interesting. It's hard for me to, the, I would not have taken Wilson here personally, but it's hard for me to knock the pick. You, you got the second quarterback taken overall. Um, and the Jets did pretty well for themselves in the draft. It's a much better situation than Sam Darnold found himself in last year. So, um, you know, it's hard for me to pick too many holes in the pick. I, I just don't know. I'm, Zach Wilson is, is kind of intriguing to me, guys, like what he's going to turn out to be in the NFL. I'll just yeah, it's, my favorite. So, it's so hard to val- to evaluate quarterbacks coming into the rookie season. I mean, Justin Herbert was slipping all over the place last yeah, year. I, I don't think Zach Wilson that. is the same. But I think uh, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson fell in his draft. There's one every year that seems to fall, and there's a chance. Like I don't, I think Wilson could be could be that guy. I mean, and none of these are comparisons, even with those two guys. But like Mahomes wasn't Mahomes in his rookie draft. You know, it's a. Uh, you, I, so I think the quarterback value here in taking Zach Wilson at the 107 is it's wise. It's like, it's a nice, smart move. I can't, I can't do it. I can't take Zach Wilson over Etienne. And I, I, I yeah, I, I couldn't take like Zach Wilson over Jamar Chase. Um, but I think I could take Zach Wilson ahead of Javonta Williams. I don't know what you guys are thinking. The, the best part about Zach Wilson is, you know, he's starting day one where none of the other quarterbacks other than Lawrence, you, you can say that with a certainty. Like, they, they don't even have a backup. He, they don't have, like, like, they have a backup, but they don't have, like, a veteran who's going to, te- like, teach them the ropes and things like that. They're just throwing Zach Wilson into the fire week one. And there's a chance that he does fine. Like, there's been plenty of quarterbacks that get thrown into the fire and prove that they are capable. Yeah, and a, a seismic shift in that coaching staff overall. So – and and that you know if Denzel Mims is the good Denzel Mims from last year and not the injured Denzel Mims and then adding Corey Davis a nice safe veteran and Elijah Moore one of our our like at least one of my favorite wide receiver prospects uh, trading so up for a guard as well this Jets this Jets offense could be fun they could be they've actually made it interesting for Dynasty I feel like I need to get over my Jets hangover and I, I think a lot of Dynasty players have that and it's something that I need to kind of realize and rethink because. I think Elijah Moore is going too cheaply in drafts as well. So I, uh, but again, I think it's a smart pick. I would take, but I think I would go Etienne over him. 
It's, yeah, I, 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 I would, I would too. I, 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 and I think I would take uh, Williams over over Wilson, and, and maybe that's a mistake. I, I, all I can say is with uh, Justin Herbert, where I picked him up, like you know, late first round in last year in my drafts, I felt really gross when I took Justin Herbert, but now, obviously I'm thrilled now that I have him on those teams. So I, I think at some point you just got to be like, yeah, you know, look at the draft capital, most valuable position. I'm going to take a chance, but. And so then that, that I think leads us to the 108. Um, Jake, you took uh, Travis Etienne here. I'm, also, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of us for scooping up the later picks in this draft too. I think we picked some good, tough spots. because we got I, our I picked race. 108 because I thought it would be tough. But when Etienne fell, it was a run to the podium moment. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and and I, I mean, we've, we, anything we want to add, we've talked about him a lot. Um, and then uh, Jonathan Williams at uh, the, the 109 went to you, Will, which I thought was nice. I mean, if I'm at the 109 and he's there, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy, pretty thrilled. Yeah, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go running back over the rest of the wide receivers from this class uh, with, with Javante Williams. I think, and also that Denver landing spot just has a lot of upside going into it. I don't even mind if, like, if uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback this year. I think that could speak very well. I think you could see uh, Melvin Gordon, like, dominating the, there's going to be a buying point. I think for Javante Williams at like week six, seven, eight throughout this season. And I'll be excited for that. So, but in a vacuum again, taking Javante Williams here at 109, any comments or should we move on to Ryan? I have a question uh, about the Denver situation. Can, can, Den- do, do either of you guys know if Denver can get out of that con- Melvin Gordon's contract? Do you think that's a possibility? I'm curious. Well, we, we get, you guys can look yeah. it up. Why, why I, um, I can't cause my mouse is dead. Okay. So I'm gonna let, I'm, Jake was already on it. So I'll talk, I'll talk about Jake. the, the one ten briefly at, at this point that I do. I picked the one ten cause I think it's an interesting spot. And, um, Mac Jones is still on the board. You know, he was, he went to new England, which I think is about as, as good a landing spot as you could hope for Mac Jones. I'm not terribly excited about Mac Jones, especially as a fantasy producer, I'm not even sure he's going to start this year for New England. I, I'm hoping that Cam Newton, you know, is is healthy this year and and knows the offense, and and maybe we'll see a little bit from Cam Newton because I just like Cam Newton so much. But um, I think for a quarterback taken in the first round, I, I think Mac Jones is a is, is intelligent and makes quick decisions, and I think he could have an NFL career. So even if he's a you know back in QB two, there's some value in that at, at the one ten. Not not that I'm predicting that, but I, I think at the 110, it's fine. I, I mean, if, if I'm at the 110 and I need a quarterback help and I get Mac Jones, that, that's good. That's fine. Safe, safest pick at this point in the draft, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, he could turn out to be, um, you know, some, you know, at least startable in a super flex league. Maybe not, maybe not an MVP or anything, but hey, sometimes you need a guy to plug in. So, so I'm no uh, salary cap expert. Um, Elvin Gordon's had the last year of his deal. Um, he would have a 6.5 dead cap if he was cut, where he's mm. only making nine million. So that's a pretty sizable cap hit. Yeah, but he's on the one roster. Thing, one thing about he is due a two million bonus at the start of training camp. So maybe they don't want to pay two million bucks at the start of training camp. You at least know ahead of time. Maybe they want to free up some money for Aaron Rodgers if they gotta, you know, give him a big deal if he goes there, right? So who knows? yeah, drop drop him, sign Kerry and Johnson. Let's go. <laughs> They're clearly looking past him. That's like he's no threat to Javante Williams even this year. I would say. Yeah, and you know the the, the uh, you know um, I think worst case scenario it's uh, 
you know, running back by committee and, um, you know, maybe Williams is a low end flux option for you, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I think he's a really good, and, and that's one of the things you listen to all the, the, you know, draft people and the scouts, the touch reporters, it, it seemed like the universal consensus was this running back is really good. He's very solid. Um, we really like him a lot. So I, I think it says something that the NFL thought so highly of him and that the Broncos traded up for him. So. Yeah, I think the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos not taking Justin Fields though is one of the most egregious moves we'll uh, we'll see coming out of this draft to looking into the future. That's my prediction. I just think that's just absolutely ridiculous. You can probably say that with with a lot of teams. Every team before the Bears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and honestly, every team after that didn't trade up. (laughs) uh, I guess so. I heard recently though that the Vikings were trying hard to trade up. They just weren't. Uh, able to I mean that offer for the Giants of getting the Bears first round pick for next season to move back to 20 I get why they took it and I'm glad to know at least the Vikings tried because I had I had a period of a lot of hate a lot of hate going through my system and I don't like that for the Vikings I heard today the Vikings are trying to trade up to uh, take Slater actually and if um, Fields would have slipped to them he would they would have taken him with their pick so I thought that was interesting I don't I don't know if that's that's true or not but I think Slater would have been a good, but the, then they got Darisaw where they at 20, where they ended up landing or not 20, uh, tw- where 22 was it? 24. Anyway, it, it worked out. I think let's see the okay value wise for him. So although it's had a nice draft, I just, yeah. And I agree with that. I just wanted Justin Fields so badly. I just want to be excited about the quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Love Kirk Cousins. Seems like a crazy wild dude. Uh, driving his van around, putting rocks in a thing with how many months he has to live. But uh, he's just not, he, he's not he's never going to be that winner like the vikings won't win a super bowl with with him and i think justin fields four years from now could be a super bowl winner oh wow well that, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit woof i you just i just say it with his talent like he's good enough to be that in my opinion yeah. uh it, it most likely not a chance uh but there's a bigger chance than with than with kirk cousins so I, we should move on I, I'm not going to move on. I think you should oh, yeah. be really mad at the Vikings, like justifiably, like still. I, just, I know they tried, but they shouldn't have hung up the phone. Like if it, whatever it took, whatever it takes to get a Justin Fields. If Trevor Lawrence isn't in this draft class, he, Justin Fields is a one-on-one conversation. I think most draft classes he would be. Yeah. All right. So now I'm back to anger again. Cause I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, like thanks, Chase. Hey, at least yeah. at least you guys didn't draft a running back in the in round one. I think Steelers, like if they had a chance to, like they moved up for Devin Bush in the past. If they had a chance to move up for Justin Fields, I would have moved out heaven and earth. Yeah, and because also the Steelers aren't set at like their defense. They lost some pieces, and they had some injuries last year that really kind of tanked their season. I feel like on the defensive side, but they have a lot of holes that they're just decided not to address. Um. It, it seems like the Steelers should, should go into rebuild mode a little bit. You know, they, they, you're right. They should have been, cause I, I feel like they're trying to sustain this thing with where they've got um, Ben as long as possible. And I just feel like it's not, it's going to be ugly this year. A 17 game season. I do not see Ben lasting 17 games. He can't make it through a 16 game season. Every, every snap I worry. Like it, uh... they, they, and the AFC North it's going to be tough for them to, to yeah. make the playoffs. Oh, I, I, I mean, completely agree. I, 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 yeah, I mean, Baltimore's better than them. Cleveland's better than them. And, and Cincinnati might be better than Pittsburgh. I've, uh, I've seen some clips though, of big Ben throwing just bombs from a hover round. So 
his mobility might be up this season. Steelers are in a tough position too because I I agree that the defense lost pieces and they were injured and all that, but their defense is still to even their offense. They're too good to be a top, a bottom five team to get the next QB, but they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. They're they're in QB purgatory. Like a like a ten and seven season missing the playoffs type of thing. Yeah, or a first round first round exit every year. Yeah, it's yeah yeah get in. And they could certainly be good enough to make the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. They've got they've got enough talent to do that. But you're right. Do, do, they, do they make a run? I mean, a serious run at the Super Bowl um, with this roster? Probably not. I, it's hard for me to see them getting over the the Chiefs and the Bills and you know if they you know other teams in the NFC they'd face if they got there. So anyway, and all a, right. a quick a quick backwards moment that we all just need to appreciate what the the Buccaneers did in the playoffs this year. A lot of road victories on that path. To the yeah. Super Bowl. I'm just so impressed. I wasn't as impressed when they were in the Super Bowl because I don't think I took it all in. Holy cow. That might be Brady's best Super Bowl win. Yeah, they they, cl- they, they just yeah, they just got they just clicked at the right time. And and it was a team effort in that defense and that that um just just stepped up. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what they do this year. I mean, I've you know, I've heard some talk that people are some people are predicting them to go undefeated and that kind of thing. I, I think that's a little rich, but um we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. The one eleven. Um uh Corey, Dynasty Eeyore, took Devonta Smith. Uh, I like it. Wide receiver with your Philadelphia Eagles, or not your Philadelphia Eagles, but somebody's Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, I think this is where this gets kind of interesting for me because I, I maybe maybe Jones is in a tier of his own at that at that 110, but I feel like starting here for ne- the next several picks it's kind of interesting. You can make arguments for a lot of guys. So obviously Smith first round draft capital. I I'm worried about his size um, personally, but I think it's a, it's a good pick to get a guy drafted that early, you know, late first round. I'm, I'm fine with it. And I think we should keep it in discussion with the next pick. Cause the one twelve was Jalen Waddle. Right. Kind of compare, like comparing to dresses you guys, I'm going Devonta Smith over Jalen Waddle. What are you guys doing? I'm going Waddle. If, if you're giving me those two options. Can I go neither? No, you have to pick one. Who's your preference? So, the, the, the only two guys. You're you're. It's a two person draft. It's a Debbie. If it's a Debbie depleted rookie draft, and for whatever reason these guys weren't on Debbie rosters, these two guys are available. They're your best options. Yeah, the I'm, next player on the board is Nico Collins. Yeah. Okay. Like I'll <laughs> I'll pick between them, but they would have to fall both of them to the end of that tier, to the end of Marshall Moore, Moore and Bateman. And I do I never see that happening with their Alabama bias, but I take Waddle all day. Okay, uh, it's like a law firm. Marshall, more and more in Bateman. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, got, into a, got into a car accident. Is your neck hurting? Oh, Marshall, more and more Bateman. <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I do. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know Waddle is 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 interesting. To, to me because i not that i think he's tyree kill or anything but i just i don't know he's a little bit bigger fast Rain united with two uh i just i think there's he he's he's really interesting i, I think smith is probably going to be a pretty good nfl player i just don't i i just feel like his size is going to limit him and and we're not going to see um you know tremendous upside with him i, I just can't see him you know, ever be being like this wide receiver one in dynasty waddle there i think there's a path although i, I don't think it's likely so that's just my feeling. I could be way off, and I hope yeah. I am because yeah. I like I like Smith a lot. I think he's he's a 
a cool guy and I, I'm cheering for him. We mentioned in our chat, but I'm going to do some maneuvering. I'm going to get some Devonta Smith rookie shares, at least one. I need one. I need one. I need him. I need him, boys. Uh, but yeah. Waddle, sorry. Waddle's a top 10 pick, and Miami gave up a first to make sure they're in a spot to get him. And hor- like, horrible trade. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, the first one was good trading back, but they shouldn't have went back up. Um, yeah, and of course, you have the shower narrative with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think, I think Devonta Smith could be special. I, you know, I, I know he's coming out later, but I just, I do think he has the, just kind of the, the makings of a special player in the NFL where I don't see that with Waddle yet. Um, he's close, but uh, I, I, I'm willing to risk it at this point in time. Honestly, though, I don't have overly high hopes for either. So let's, uh, let's move on. How would you rank them with the other two, Alabama? Like, I assume Ruggs is last, but how would you rank those two against Judy? I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll go Smith, uh, Waddle, Judy, Ruggs. Oh, too many drops quite- in the NFL, Judy. Too many concentration drops. I don't like it. It scares me too much. Uh, Aaron Rodgers potential. Yeah, I was thinking if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, give me Judy. If he doesn't, then I'll, I'll, I'll probably. When Tim take- Patrick starts I- taking his starting job. We'll have That's a conversation next year. Waddle, Judy, Smith, and Ruggs for, for me, I think, at this point. Okay. What okay. about you, Jake? Again, I want to say none of the above. You but, can't sit uh, out your own question. I know, I know. Uh, Judy, Waddle, Smith, Ruggs. Ooh, okay. I do okay. think Judy's a good, like, buy low candidate, but again, it's tough to find that buy low. Like, you have to buy, like, I guess, appropriately, and I, I'm not willing to do it quite yet. Obviously, Sutton was out last year, but he just got so many targets. He was like an absolute target hawk. And if they, I think it's the last year they don't have a QB. If, if, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or uh, the answer comes in for agency or the draft next year. But this well, is the last Bridgewater. Year and Bridge, uh, he's a bridge. He's at he's least better than Drew Locke, I think. I, I think, agree. Yeah, and they're going think... into the season saying Bridgewater is most likely going to be the starter. But Teddy, two gloves, uh, which. Again, like no two love quarterback has really ever succeeded in the NFL. I would still, I would call it Teddy Bridgewater's career a success at this point. So for him. Okay. But, but here's the thing. Okay. Let, let's like a lot. I know this is like a kind of a silly exercise, but I saw this on Twitter. Um, looking at Carolina, you know, last year, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 20, um, DJ Moore, wide receiver 25, um, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 23 full point PPR league. So, you know, Bridgewater wow. nearly produced three wow. uh, top, top 24 wide receivers. So I, I think it's a, I think Bridgewater is a huge step up from Drew Locke, assuming Bridgewater gets that job. So I, I think Judy's numbers will have to improve this year, even with Sutton coming back. If, if it is no being healthy for a full season. He's a tight end. He's not going to be healthy for a full season. Cause none he of them are. The, he was the Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Well, he's probably going to be injured half the year, unfortunately. So I hope I'm wrong on that, but. Anyway, right. okay, w- w- let's move on. So, so we got, um, I think the, the two hundred one. Quick, um, quick, quick recap of the first round. Oh, okay. Um, Kyle Pitts, Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, Trey Lance, Justin Fields at one hundred five, Chase at the one hundred six, Zach Wilson one hundred seven, Etn one hundred eight, Williams one hundred nine. Matt Jones, uh, uh, Matt, did I say Mac? I said Mac, Mac Jones, the, well, the Oracle. Um, w- Smith at the 111 and Waddle at the 112. I think okay. it's a pretty standard 12. Like these 12, 
are going to be there in most rookie drafts in your super flex leagues. It's a good, it's just a, a different mix, but good, a good kind of standardized 12. I think some drafts, this next guy, uh, Rashad Bateman, who went at the 201, could sneak in because I think a lot of people really like Bateman. Uh, I think he's, he's talented. And even though the landing spot on the surface might be rather atrocious, um, I, I really, I really like Bateman. Well, you know, he was a riser of mine when I sat down and actually did my rankings for the draft. I, I, I didn't realize how much I liked him, but I, I think he checks all the boxes. He's, he's just big enough. I think a lot of his issues, his last year where he, you know, he, you know, he had COVID and everything. And did, did he even play or he played what, just a couple of games. Is that right? A couple games. Yeah. So I think you threw that out the window. I, I, I really like Bateman. Um, in this in the spot this is totally who i would pick here um at the 201 jake what about you is this who you take who's left who's left on the board uh the other wide receivers are rondo moore terrence marshall elijah moore are probably the other three in consideration you could consider trey sermon as well would i take bateman yeah. i think i'd take rondo moore before him but i said it before like this it's you're in a tier right so i want i want to be at the end of the tier not near the beginning so, um, okay. So with and more is is next at the two hundred two. So we can probably talk about those guys together and maybe even bring Trey Sermon in because I think and, and Sermon went at the two hundred three. I, I think Moore and Sermon are interesting because I think they're both uh, we're pretty intriguing guys coming into this uh, draft, Jake, for me. And I feel um, like the landing spots are perfect for those guys. Um, I, I think that the way that the Cardinals are going to utilize more out of the slot, I just think, assuming he stays healthy, I think it's his biggest question. I know, I know size is an issue, but for a slot receiver in that offense, I'm not so worried that he's small. He's so athletic. And then with Sermon, he's the only running back that's going to be under contract in San Francisco uh, beyond this year. And I just think he's a perfect for, for that offense. And, and the Niners, they've got an amazing offensive line. They're going to run. Their offense should be good. So, I mean, these guys are intriguing here uh, where they went. It's a great spot in the draft for sure. Um, and we talked about it last episode and we'll get to it again here. There's a significant drop off. So if you have a late, like if you're on the outside of the tier, do whatever you can in your power to get inside of it and get as many picks inside of it as you can. Um, I had the, in a draft I was in, I had the 112 and I think Devonta Smith would have been the pick for most um, for me, I would pick Rondell Moore, but I thought I would be reaching there. So I traded to, you count the guys, you have the six wide receivers you have in my mind, I think there's a pretty sizable gap between Sermon and Michael Carter. So I see seven guys here. I traded to the very end of the tier. I traded 112 for 206, 207 and 211. It turned into Devonta Smith for Terrence Marshall, Armin, Amon Ross and Brown, and Amari Rogers. And you just want as many bullets as you can in rookie drafts because you have to embrace the unknown type of thing. There's only so many of these guys who are going to hit every year. So you want as many as you can. And it, I've said it before and Will made fun of me. You want as many asset, good assets as you can, but it's, it's the truth. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually want more terrible assets. So I, had to I, can, I can tell by your squads for the, uh, for the dog, the surgery dog, but what do we saw in Bateman or we moved to more? No, yeah. So I'm going to step away listeners because Will had to check on um, 
on on his, his pup. And I got to check on, on my, my kid that woke up and is calling for dad. I, I think he's having problems sleeping because he's so excited the Bears are after Justin Fields. It's still a week later. He's I get it. Fields. That's good parenting. So, yeah, we, we, we moved on. We were talking about more in Sermon and kind of this area of, of your rookie drafts, Will, where it's kind of, you know, pretty pretty soon we're going to jump off a cliff here. Yeah, I and mean, we could even end this after, after talk about it. I did want to get to Sermon. And I, Ryan, you go. I can talk to Jake about this. Uh Jake, so it was a, it's only a 10 team, but it's you know that super flex two tight end draft. I moved Javonta Williams for Mac Jones and Trey Sermon. Yeah, it's beautiful. Looking at that pick. So again, like I'm a big fan of Javonta Williams. I love his game, but I wanted to in the two quarter in 10 team, what I'll say is in super flex, quarterbacks are more devalued because you ten when you when you have you know 20 starters versus 24 starters or 14 team 28 starters, you know, and you kind of you can kind of move back a little bit. Uh, I'm also, I'm actually still very excited about Trey Sermon overall. If he, if like his peak potential could be the, the best running back in this class. Like if he hits his peak potential with the Niners, I think that's, that's it, it, that is a, a possibility. I think it's very, very slim and it's rare. But again, I wanted to, I felt like that, that move to get him and then, then to grab Mac Jones, who I think is being devalued too far. And I think went an appropriate spot in this draft. So and I felt like that was a year type of move. So I'm glad Absolutely. you're here on board. And I think that's a bold uh, thing to say about Trey Sermon, potentially RB1. I like it. Because, again, it's just kind of embracing the unknown. Um, and he's he does have, the, like, the draft capital for it. And like we've all said, it's a fantastic offense. I'd almost think that Trey Sermon gets more of a Kyle Shanahan boost than Trey Lance does, just based on his zone running scheme and – they emphasized why they wanted Trey Sermon was mainly about his uh, short burst. Um, yeah. If he could, if he fits what they want, he's he's got he definitely has the potential to be a home run. But in the exact same breath, with his competition there, Jeff Wilson, Mostert, he might not even play this year. And if he doesn't like, and if he doesn't, his dynasty value is in the trash. Yeah, he could bust hard because Elijah yeah. Mitchell too is that athletic later round pick. He's kind of that that bursty. I feel like Elijah Mitchell fits what the Niners have drafted in the past more than Trey Sermon does, but it makes me think that, again, it, I might be trusting him a little bit too much, but the third round, at least analytically, moves him up a tier for me with Trey and Sermon. And they trade it up, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, so Trent Williams, and Ryan put this note here, or maybe you did, but as a note on the uh, 49ers rookie running back with Trey Sermon, Trent Williams was the number one uh, run blocking tackle in 2020, and Mike McGlinchey was the number two. So those are, you know, those are both the Niners tackles and then they have the hot hand approach there. So if he can get hot and, you know, I, I really do believe he can and be the best of that bunch, assuming he stays healthy and plays at his best, not his worst, or at least closer to his best, not closer to his worst. And then Alex Mack is the center. I think I just love that offensive team. And again, at this point in time, when we're this far into a rookie draft, this is the kind of shot that hits big for you. This is a this changes your overall running back room if Trey Sermon even comes close to what he can do. If he turns into a running back too, you've just won this draft pick. I agree. It, it'll be interesting too because um, with Trey Sermon, you have to think a lot with Trey Lance, who's going to be their next their QB for the next 10 years, or their hope anyways, right? If he turns into a Cam Newton type where he's stealing touches at the goal line and even choosing to run the ball and instead of pass it off, I don't even know if that's Trey Sermon's game at all, pass catching, but um, there's a few, there's a decent amount of running backs who get devalued just simply based on they have a running QB. They're, 
they used everyone used to say the Alfred Morris corollary, but I think that's kind of a, a thing of the past. Yeah, what are we going to change it to the Lamar Jackson corollary and start devaluing running backs? I think that's a yeah. great point. Yeah. Um, but again, like Trey Sermon, like Trey, but also with this draft capital too, he's not secure in his job. You know, Trey Sermon could be replaced next year by the Niners. Like if the Niners end up having a really good team and they have, I mean, I know they moved a lot of draft capital for this, but we've seen it with other franchises that we think are good offensively run, uh, like the Rams. They can do weird things. Yeah. So if it's they, a very boom bust draft pick. And with the wide receivers on the board, like you're, you're taking a risk. Uh, and I thought that, yeah, and, and I think we're on the same page here. Yeah. But I, I just want, this is the range I want to move into. I think Trey Sermon is worth the risk, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I've, I've only had two drafts, um, and I grabbed Trey Sermon at 203. The only wide receiver left of that tier was Terrence Marshall. And, yeah, yeah I, I picked Trey yeah, Sermon over Terrence Marshall. Yeah, I think I would take, so where do you end up with Trey Sermon versus Rondell Moore? Uh, Rashad Bateman, Amonarat St. Brown, because Amonarat St. Brown goes into 204 here. And we discussed this. I, I, I guess I don't really realize how much of a teardrop it is kind of for me at this point, because we didn't talk about this, Jake, but I was a big Amonarat St. Brown supporter coming into this. That fourth round draft capital does scare me. Like I'm going to take Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall ahead of him. So I guess it moves him back like four or five more picks here overall. If I, if I, if we went through this like process, but what do you think? Amon Ra is a tricky guy. Cause clearly he doesn't have the draft capital that we'd like um, guys in the, I think he was a fourth round pick, like very replaceable, but he's got virtually no competition in Perriman. And uh, who's the other guy who's just Taren, Terrell Williams, Tyrell. Yeah. Like, Tyrell the gazelle. Yeah, like I don't are these guys making the team? I'm not sure what their contract situation's like, but it might just be Amon Ron Cephas. And if yeah. like if that's the case, he's gonna have tons of opportunity. Like Detroit's not gonna be a good team, but somebody will catch the ball, right? But, I was really hoping Amon Ra was gonna be that third round pick to the Chargers. I think I, him yeah. and Keenan Allen would have been such like a perfect like match for for moving like looking into the future while dealing with the current. And Keenan Allen is always a quarterback's best friend. I think Amon Ra could be a quarterback's best friend as well. I think uh, you could almost guarantee, sorry to interrupt you, I think it's almost guaranteed that you could pencil in Detroit for a wide receiver next next year if it's a top, because obviously they still need QB. But, like, they're not stopping at Amon Ra St. Brown. They're, they're going to continue adding at this position. Like, he's the only guy. So if he gets the opportunity, I think he is a massive flip candidate. Yeah, I also think Cephas is one of those guys where if you can get any value for him right now, I'm moving. Like, I would run away from Cephas so fast. Dude has eight-inch hands. Yeah. And ran us like, he, he was a beneficiary of that offense last year and what Matt Stafford could do. Jared Goff is not Matt Stafford for what he, how he can propel a wide receiver. And you can almost say that with, like, literally anybody who has day three draft capital. If they're just not safe bets and they're, like, they're extremely re- replaceable. Um one guy who I saw that common with is uh, who's the the Giants? Who was a fifth round pick? Oh, Darius Slayton. Yeah, who's been replaced completely. But there was I saw so many people who were extremely high on Darius Slayton. And what's the, one thing that stuck with me is there was an interview with Gettleman who pretty much just said like he was a, he's a fifth round pick. Like that's it. Like he's not a fundamental part of our plans. Even even though he seemed like he was a hit in his rookie year. 
to to these front offices like when they're investing so little in them they james robinson is a perfect example he did yeah. everything he possibly could have done and they had first round pick running back can i can i go the opposite though with like aaron jones who's the fifth round pick he was even their second running back select selected in that draft and now they're heavily invested in him. i think running back is a different position than wide receiver what you have in kind of the, the whole grand scheme of things, but he, Aaron Jones is the kind of that, that outlier from the later round picks that really, really has become a top dynasty. I mean, I picked up Aaron Jones in a couple more than one place off the waiver wire after rookie drafts. Yeah. He's probably uh, been a value his entire career, Aaron Jones. Yeah. And so with, uh, and, but now to go back to Slayton. So the fantasy owner experience with Darius Slayton though, has been good overall. His rookie year, you won a couple weeks because they were obvious start spots for him in those weeks that he could do, and he boomed during them. So that's why I think a guy like Darius Slayton has more fantasy value than he does real NFL value. You talked about it. Like, they didn't see him the same way we did because in daily fantasy, he did a lot for you. And then in your week-over-week dynasty and redraft leagues, he was great for you. Like, if you can pick out a spot start and that person does, like, well for you or you're going against that team or you just saw in a league where you needed a team to lose and Darius Slayton had a boom game, that sticks with you for a really long time. So you should have sold Darius Slayton going into the last year. You probably, hopefully you did. If you didn't, I think you're just kind of stuck. You're stuck holding the, holding the bag or whatever the, whatever the phrase is here. Like you're just kind of, you're left with this, this mess. Um, I think we should, I think we should continue to move on without, without Ryan here after talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, because again, I think I'm going, I'm going to go Terrace Marshall. Uh, I'm going to go Elijah Moore. And I'm going to go Kadarius Tony above him. I assume you're the same here. That's probably the debate is Kadarius Tony. You have you have to take Marshall and more before the same Brown simply because of the draft capital. You can make the argument they're going to get similar opportunity with Carolina's depth starts pretty thin. Same with uh, the Jets. I think Tony, you have to use draft capital. You're talking about three rounds difference here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, I was in a draft and I picked same Brown before. Tony, because you scroll down Twitter and I just I don't think you see a single positive tweet about Tony. Every, like everything is negative, so it's a, he's a very easy guy to fade. Yeah, where people say he is similar to the Ayuk last year, where like one year wonder followed in the second round, had the draft capital, people had their doubts, but I still feel like Ayuk. There was enough supporters that didn't make me just as fearful as I am with Tony. Well, Tony was with Florida all four years. Ayuk was a JUCO transfer, you know, came yeah. in and then really flashed. And then landed just in a better spot, so, the, a, 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 you know, in a vacuum with, with that depth chart with San Francisco and the depth chart with the Giants. Uh, Ayuk was in a better spot. But I think I'm going to lean draft capital here. I don't, again, I don't fault somebody for taking St. Like, I don't fault you for taking St. Brown over Tony. I just wouldn't. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel confident that I made the right decision by any means. Yeah, I feel like not, Tony like probably would have been the smart move. Yeah, yeah exactly. so you absolutely have to. Yeah, I went against probably like by process. Typically, I think process says you take Tony here just based on draft capital. Yeah, but I like that Dave mixed it up a little bit with our mock draft too, taking him just to give us that conversation point of Amas Amarat St. Brown being that higher candidate because immediate opportunity and that flip. Yeah. He might be the easiest flip candidate out of these three or four. Like you could even put Rondo Moore in there in that bucket. There's a chance Rondo Moore doesn't get a lot of targets year one. And yeah. there's a chance Amon Ross St. Brown going into next season, you can flip him for 
a later first round pick or an early second round and that Ronald Moore isn't that. So moving on to the, the 205, this was a surprise to me. And I know we, we set this up as tight and premium, but it was the 205 was Pat Fryerman. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's taken, a by, taken by Pittsburgh. And it's that rookie. This is where, so Kyle Pitts is different because he's this, you know, this, this dynasty platypus of a, of a prospect that we want to get pieces of because he actually exists. And we think he'll exist in the real world. Uh, versus Firemuth is the guy that's like, he's Cole Komet from last year. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's a season away for, I think, from being relevant. And with the way that that pass catching core is set up, it's not like there's an immediate tight end for short area targets for Firemuth to succeed. I think he's going to be stuck blocking a ton this year. You're, you're definitely not going to get the immediate production with him. And, and you're, you can say that with most tight ends. So if you have, if you can sit him on your bench and not worry about it, then maybe, but I feel like most fantasy teams aren't going to be in a position that they can take a luxury pick. Um, and even if you do, like, I don't, I don't think Pat Fryermuth is the best luxury pick to take. There's a, there's a solid chance that, well, not even, I, I would expect Eric Ebron will be the tight end one in Pittsburgh this year. Like you're, you're, you're dealing with a de- you're dealing with a depth guy on a roster that's not very good, and in fantasy, you most receivers they're going to take a few years, but you really want year one production because that's how players hold their value. Yeah, uh, in, but, yeah. In the year two breakout for wide receivers, what you're really searching for, it used to be year three. Uh, I think Peter Howard has put an end to that narrative uh, with like, his research and what he's done. He says year two, if you're not breaking out as a wide receiver, it's probably time to move on. Yeah, I'm just saying there's there's just no way that Pratt Firemuth holds that value because in year one he's not going to hit and his value is going to go down. He's going to be a, he's going to be a buy year two, year three. I think most tight ends are. There's not many that hit year one. Yeah, it, we're using Kyle Pitts as a, a mega outlier here and willing yeah. to bet on that. Not willing to yeah. bet on any other outliers in this draft. And that's mainly too because I know we talked about it countless times because he is that good of a wide like that good of a receiver. He's not like it's. He is not defined by a tight end. He is a weapon. Like he is just uh, not a unicorn. But I forget what the word you said was. But platypus. Platypus. I want to exist. I want to say narwhal. Do narwhals exist? Oh yeah. I'm going to use big narwhal, big narwhal guy right here. Uh, yeah. One weird area of knowledge, guys, that I have a lot of is sea creatures. So if you ever got some questions, you just let me know. Uh, Ryan's going to come back, and we're going to be talking about narwhals. <laughs> you guys talking about narwhals, huh? <laughs> no, I, I, I've been I've been back for a couple of minutes. My son apparently had this bad dream that the, actually the Steelers were the ones that traded up to get Justin Fields, not the Bears. It was terrifying for him. So I had a, it took me a while to get him calmed down. Surprise is not on the cast. We can settle him down. My pants uh, are off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I say we've made a lot of progress. So yeah. So we, we- dogged on Steve and his Frymuth pick. Uh, Steve, you know, honestly, he's got a pretty good sense of humor. So Steve, horrible pick. We should move on. Uh, it's not really surprising coming from Steve either. Yeah, I mean, come on, Steve. What are you drinking? It's always nice. To <laughs> so Steve, Steve, great story about Steve. Though the first auction draft I ever did, the first pick that was taken in that entire auction draft, you guys were there for that, was Robert Woods, and he Beautiful. joked about regretting it the next day. And we we're like, no, it's going to be the steal of the draft. And I'm pretty sure Robert Woods ended up being the steal of that draft, which was such a great moment. It, it, it shock. It was shocking, really. Yeah, it was so great. So he will live in infamy. Yes. Sometimes in auctions, those like those early picks can, can turn out to be the, the best values. You know, you think looking back, it's like, wow, that guy that went first off the board was really good value. Or the Uh, worst. Yeah. Or the worst. 
should we just uh should we cherry pick a couple more picks out of here that we liked and uh wrap, wrap yeah. this up We're yeah getting... we and we can we can get into you know later some of these later picks in future episodes um but yeah we should we should wrap it up because this, this is great we've been going for a while and um well what 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 stands out to you with with later picks here anything that you well, wanna, that really pops out at you after that absolute blunder of a pick uh, I like Steve's next pick at the 305, grabbing Amari Rodgers. I think that's excellent, excellent value for him. There's yeah, a few wide receivers that I'm just floored that went ahead of him. I think Amari Rodgers is being underrated in this instance. Because I think with him, especially that late in the draft, just operating on the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is there and then decide how you value him. He's going mid-second if, if Aaron Rodgers is secured there. And I, I think that there's more chance that he'll stay in Green Bay than what people are giving him. So I really like the Amari Rodgers pick. Uh if you guys will talk about that and then i also want to talk ryan josh palmer at the 310 joshy palmy uh which i think we need to discuss in further but those are the two that really stood out to me it is really great values later on well let's i think we should talk about josh palmer for a second because i ended up taking him at the 310 only because you guys were kind of talking about we, we joked about him on the drafter party like oh who's this josh palmer guy and we all looked into him and He's kind of intriguing. I mean, he doesn't have amazing college production, but the guy can ball. And and I think for a third round pick at the three ten, sneaky good value, right? So J- Jake, you're you're the kind of the one that wanted to kind of apologize to Josh Palmer for the for, for ripping on him. So you, you want to talk I about mean, it? you're talking about the thirty fourth rookie <laughs> off the board. So he, he was just a guy I had never heard of beforehand, and even when he was picked, I refused to write him in my dynasty rankings. And I think. It's the, I think it's a bias towards his just extremely boring name. I wrote in our group chat that he is suffering from Paul Perkins syndrome. Like he's just, there's nothing sexy about taking Josh Palmer, but in a year from now, there's like, there might be something sexy about Josh Palmer. Joshy Palmy. I'm going to call him that forever. Uh, a shout out here quickly as we're talking about him was to the Paul, Paul Pertichese in his uh, rookie rankings notebook. I, I, I guess I don't think it's given away too much. Uh, he has him as his 13th rookie wide receiver. And in a single quarterback league, the, uh, the, the 19th pick overall. So you bump, you know, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones above that. And I think if you take out, I, I don't think tight improving really move it. You're looking at, uh, you know, Ryan, you're getting 14 picks worth of value here, basically, uh, for a Josh power pick from a really smart guy, like Paul, like Paulie P. So, uh, I think, I mean, he has the potential to be the steal of rookie drafts, honestly. Herbert made, Herbert made a bunch of no-namers fantasy relevant last year. Like, yeah. Dighton and I forget the other guy's name. That's, it's, it's like, a, isn't it like Tyron Johnson? Yeah, it's, but Herbert's special, right? And if he, I don't think Mike Williams is too much competition to beat out, especially, like, obviously he's out next year. So he's going to get an opportunity to show that he can be that guy this year. It's Tyron. I know that's his first time. I can't remember his, if, if Johnson is correct for the last name. But uh, yeah, I, I, so again, those are the two that I think Amari Rogers and Joshi Palmy are, are two greater late round picks. I have a really hard time deciding on how I feel about running backs after Trey Sermon. Michael Carter is the one guy with opportunity. Um, he, he can't be someone who's too exciting, though, simply because of that day three draft capital. I know it's early in. Day, day three and there's not much competition there but ty, like ty johnson and michael Pirine also have similar draft capital 
And, yeah, and, I was really excited about Ty Johnson when he came out. I this, think he's still the RB1 there. Sorry. No, that's okay. I was just saying, and in this mock, uh, Carter went ahead of, of, of Marshall, Elijah Moore, uh, Tony, and, and those are all wide receivers I would I would take over uh, Carter. I think Carter's going to be a guy a lot of people are going to going to take before I'm willing to take him because I, I I do think it's intriguing and I think he probably will get some play and, and maybe yeah. But I think the problem with with Carter is I kind of see him as like the uh, 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 draw the, the Buffalo Bills running back like Henderson who had like flashes his rookie year and people got excited about him. I think he's almost like, kind of like Singletary or, or oh that, that's it Singletary. Thank you. That's I could no that's yes I knew I was getting it wrong. Yeah, De- Devin Singletary. Because Devin Singletary, it, it, they're kind of the same guy, right? And, um, they're both like a little undersized. They're kind of t- tough runners. And, and I kind of feel that's what Michael, what Michael Carter might do. He might, you know, splash a little bit his rookie year. But I, I, he, he's always going to be part of running back by committee, in my opinion. I think that's what, what's happening with the Jets. I just don't see him ever being the guy. So, um, I don't know. I just and, and you're right, Jake. Day three running back. I know it was early day three, but I don't know. I, I just I'd rather have one of those wide receivers, especially Marshall. Um, if I could get him, because I, I still think that he slipped maybe a little bit because of medicals. I, I think he's got some pretty nice upside. So, um, no, I mean, not, not that it's a horrible pick or anything. I just prefer those wide receivers over over Carter. Yeah, the, the other pick that I really disliked was Dave took Amir Smith Marset at the four four. He's supposed to slip to me at the four oh nine. So that dirtbag Dave is just sniping me. And that's only because he went to Iowa. I I don't know if he'll actually become anything, but he's that depth chart in Minnesota. There's at least have an opening for wide receiver three and feelings not forever. So guys, guys, let's, let's move to the two minute warning. Any final thoughts on this or, or anything else before we, we wrap up the show. So Jake, you're the new guy. Why don't you go first? You, you, the honors. What are your final thoughts? Why don't we save the best for last? Um, No. Uh, (laughs) My final thoughts are everyone's it's rookie draft season. I'm sure everyone has a bunch of drafts going right now. Be active. Be the most active person in your league. It'll make a difference. Offer trades. Get inside of these tiers. If you have picks outside, like outside, make sure you're you're looking ahead, like see, seeing what's going to be available to you, seeing what you're going to have to do. Be proactive. These some of these guys, they're going to be more expensive the second your draft ends. Go grab these superstars while you can. That's that's all I got. That's good. That's that's a, that's good advice. The, I'll, the I'll, more active you are, the better. Yeah, I'll end it with. I think I'm gonna scoop up some Cornell Powell. Did you did you look him up? Yeah, look up Cornell Powell. I've almost had a shirt on. You'll be drafting more of them. I can't stand up now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else you're gonna say? Sorry. <laughs> no, that's it. I was just saying that. Um, I, I'm just gonna quickly say, you know, looking at this mock, one thing not to forget, and I know they're long shots, but. Um, like the fourth round of this draft, uh, a guy like Traskwin or, or, or better yet, Davis Mills to, to Houston. Like you get Davis Mills in the fourth round of a super flex. I think that's a pretty good bet to take. I mean, I mean, anyone taking the fourth yeah. round, it's, it's a total dart throw. But, you know, he could get some play. He could get some starts, you know, and, and maybe at the very least he could accrue some value. You could flip him for maybe like a second round pick if you acquired him for a fourth. So don't forget about those quarterbacks that go late because I, th- I think we forget about some of these guys. Once we get outside of the top five, uh, even Kellen Mond went at the 210, which I thought was decent value in this draft. Those quarterbacks may return some value. So if you got some later picks, maybe take a quarterback as opposed to, you know, one of those wide receivers that win the sixth or seventh round. So yeah, you, well, just, need a, you just need a couple weeks out of it, right? Sorry, quick interruption. Uh, yeah. Like Gardner Minshew, Jake, we're going to leave together. 
where I flipped Gardner Mitchell after a year for a first round pick. You just need a couple weeks out of those quarterbacks in a super flex league, especially if it's deep. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Um, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. We also have a Patreon show we do every other week. That's patreon.com slash fantasy Joes. Um, I am at Rota Librarian on Twitter. Will is at fantasy underscore Will. And Jake is at Takes with Jake. So on behalf of Jake and Will, I'm Ryan. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Joshy Joshy Palmy, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big, everybody. Roto where do they have Joshy Palmy t-shirts we can buy? Well, well Joshy Palmy is gonna he's gonna hit hard, everybody. Alright, let's fight. Fight, get out of here, Joshy Palmy. <laughs>